the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. See, prayer must not be an attempt to put our petitions and our agenda first and bend the will of God to our will. But rather, it is an attempt to submit our wills to the will of God. Did you catch that? It was a very important comment from Pastor Leighton Sheely about prayer, and you'll hear it again in just a few minutes as we present another edition of Study Verse by Verse. He's in the midst of a short series, just a six-part series, dealing with uh, perhaps a New Year's resolution that you either made or should have made about committing yourself to more effective and frequent prayer. Starting us off with this new message in the series, here's Pastor Layton. The book of Acts records the history of the early church, and we find this passage in Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves, they meaning the early Christians, devoted themselves, note the word devoted, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. So there were four activities that are identified here, and the first is the apostles' teachings. Now, they were able to actually hear the apostles because the apostles were alive at the time. The apostles' teachings have been encapsulated for us by the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. And so when we devote ourselves to reading the New Testament, we are devoting ourselves to the apostles' teaching. The second description is that they devoted themselves to fellowship, which I've heard been described as a bunch of fellows in a ship. <laughs> fellowship. And uh, the idea is, is all the guys in ships are, are working together to get to whatever the destination or, or, or accomplish whatever that they're working together and, and so the early church was working together to fulfill the great commission that was given to them by Jesus to go and to make disciples. Then there's a third description in Acts 2.42, and that is that they had meals in their homes together. They didn't just meet at church. They didn't just meet at the temple. They got together all through the week in each other's homes, and, and they developed relationships that grew so deep and, and so meaningful that if, if one of them was in need, the others came to their aid. And sometimes sacrificially, they'd sell things that they had in order to get the, the funds that were needed to help that brother or that sister that was in need. They didn't just come to church, they were connected to each other relationally. And that's when, one of the things, one of the goals that we have with our growth groups is we want to give opportunities for people to connect with each other relationally. Uh, a while back I got a call from a man who had been here in the church a number of years ago. And uh, while he'd been in the church here, there was a, a certain, I think it was a Friday, when he and his wife both got pink slips, and, that was, and they, they were out of work. And it was a time when there was a lot of pink slips being passed out. And, and so they went out, and, and they were in the, looking for a job. Day after day, they would go out. And uh, their savings dwindled, and, and uh, what they would eventually did is they, they, they would come home, and they'd find a bag of groceries at their front door. And those groceries had been provided by other families that were in their growth group, in their, in their group. And that made such a profound impact on this man that years later he felt inclined to call the church and say, thank you for being there in our time of need. Thank you for that. Um, you know, that's what happened in the early church. People lived in community and when someone was in need, others stood up and helped bring remedy. 
The church is not just about coming together to, to hear a sermon. It's not just about coming together to worship. That's, that's all good. But it's about coming together as the body of Christ, where we connect relationally. And, and, and the Bible says everyone looked on them favorably. Even the people that were outside of the church looked on those Christians and said, man, there's something special about those people. And the reason they did that is Jesus said, all people will know you're my disciples by your love. And they really, really loved one another. And then there's a fourth description in Acts 2.42 is that they devoted themselves to prayer. And so as part of our New Year's resolutions as Christians, we want to improve our prayer life. We want to learn how to pray more effectively. And so Jesus taught us how to pray in uh, Matthew chapter 6 beginning at verse 5. And you notice as he teaches us how to pray, he first teaches us how not to pray. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they might be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Don't be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Now pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. and Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So Jesus said, pray like this. So this is not only a prayer, but it's a model for prayer as well. This model is both complete and concise. In fact, its brevity underscores the fact that longer prayers are not necessarily better prayers. He begins by saying, pray then like this. And notice the order of the petitions in the Lord's Prayer. First, thy name, thy kingdom, thy will. And then give us, lead us, and deliver us. So God has given first place, He's given supreme place, and then after that, only and, and only after that, do we express our desires and our needs. And it's only when we give God His proper place that everything is going to fall into its proper order. See, prayer must not be an attempt to put our petitions and our agenda first and bend the will of God to our will. But rather, it is an attempt to submit our wills to the will of God. He said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. We as humans tend to be self-centered. But you notice in the Lord's Prayer you don't see the words I, me, my, mine, and so forth. And, And by this it addresses our tendency towards being self-centered. You see, prayer is not about God and me. It's about God and us. God and us. And we need to be considerate of others in our prayers. It said, our Father. And the word there is Abba, which means Daddy. The Apostle Paul wrote, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. Abba is the, the address that a small child would give towards his father. And so if you've received Jesus Christ 
as your Savior and Lord, you have the privilege of addressing the creator and the sustainer of the universe as Abba, as Daddy. Daddy. Because through Christ we have been adopted into the family of God. But God is not only our Daddy, He is our Daddy who is in heaven. You see, one of the dangers of addressing God as daddy is it can lead us to treating our privilege of coming into his presence as frivolous and insignificant. These words remind us that he is our daddy who rules in heaven. And we have a privilege, an awesome privilege, to come into his presence and need to do so respectfully. Our daddy, who art in heaven, hallowed, holy is your name. It's also the same word as translated saint and sanctify. The word hagias means set something apart. So for instance, if a temple needed a, a, a knife or something like that, somebody could run down to the store, buy a knife, it's a knife just like any other manufactured, uh, just like any other, bring it back to the temple, and that knife then became holy. It became sanctified because it was a knife that was set apart for God's use in the temple. Christians are called sanctified. We're just like other humans, the same, but we have been set apart by God for God's purpose. That's what makes us holy. Holy is your name. Now, in the scriptures, name means more than just a label that you stick on a person. It means who they are. And what we're saying here is holy is God. God is holy. So it reminds us of the holiness of God. Uh, God's not an easygoing parent who just shuts his eyes to sins and faults and so forth because God is holy. And we need to, when we come to God in prayer, if we're aware of something in our lives that's not holy, we need to remedy that. We need to confess and repent and get it out of the way because we have the privilege of coming into the presence of our Father, our Daddy, who is holy. Then in verse 10 it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there is a Hebrew literary style that is called parallelism where the author uh, says something one way and they say it again a different way and and the second way is intended to amplify or explain what was said the first time. So your kingdom come, your will be done is saying the same thing two ways. Your kingdom come, your will be done. In a kingdom, the will of the king is done. Your kingdom come, your will be done. And what we're praying here is that God's will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Have you thought about how God's will is done in heaven? Probably like that quick. And perfectly and completely. And so what we're praying is that God's will is going to be done here on earth, which we know is fallen and and rebellious, that God's will is going to be done here on earth as perfectly as it is done in heaven. We're also praying that God's will is done in us perfectly as well, because we have no right to pray that, uh, that, or, or ask God for anything that's going to dishonor His name, or delay His kingdom, or disturb His will on earth. To be part of the kingdom of God is to declare God as our king and obey His will. Now, to pray your kingdom come also has another aspect, and that is that we're praying that God's kingdom is going to come to more and more people. 
around the world. That more and more people are going to accept and receive uh, God through Christ as their king. They're going to come into the kingdom. Uh, God's kingdom presently it resides in the hearts and minds of men, women, and children who receive him as king. But there's yet another aspect to this prayer, thy kingdom come, and that is the fact that someday he's going to come and establish an earthly kingdom. And so when we pray, thy kingdom come, what we're asking is for Jesus to return swiftly. Come soon, Lord. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. Well, unfortunately, we have to end right there on today's edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely talking about prayer, a short series that started as a way of perhaps addressing a New Year's resolution that we all should or did make, and that is committing ourselves to more fervent and effective prayer. We'll come back at this same time tomorrow and move into the next section of his teaching, and I hope you can join us. If you'd like more information about Church of the Highlands, then please visit us on the website highlands.us. That's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Have a blessed rest of your day, and come back tomorrow at this same time when we'll open the Word of God once again and study verse by verse.